We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Wow. And welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. No, if you want to hear a Christmas song. I forgot how the rest of that goes. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have a Christmas song for you. Here you go. Oh, hold on. What? Hold on. What are you doing? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Who put a pecker on a snowman? No, no. Who put the pecker on the snowman and Who the shiny the balls on the, on the Christmas tree? Oh, sure. Well, obviously, John. Mm. Evidently. Well, we take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinions, have not received the respect they deserve. We won't see any films on anyone's top ten list. But maybe by listening to our podcast, you can get this film a second chance. Today's pick. On the podcast. Is uh, Carly's pick. <laughs> I really picked this one. For some reason, I was Tony's pick. I'm like, no, we just did that. You want to see a picture of a ghost? But... I do. You no, know what, podcast listeners? Yes, you ghost. It looks like a ghost. We were driving here. And Tony said. An audio medium. Tony said, holy shit, what is that in the field by our house? Across from the airport. A dangerous murder? He goes, is that a ghost? And I said, no, that's a woman in a white flowy dress Did you having say a photo shoot. <laughs> Bridal photo shoot or ghost? You decide, Lister. Post that on our Facebook page. clear to yeah. me because I could see her head and her arms. Because <laughs> ghosts don't have arms and heads all of a sudden. Oh, I've seen ghosts. I think traditionally ghosts heads. don't have feet. Did you see feet, Carly? I wasn't exactly. looking that hard, and I saw the chick <laughs> taking pictures. That's <laughs> my case, Ron. <laughs> so we cannot confirm that it wasn't a ghost. <laughs> so I'm glad I made to tell the story until we were on the air. And Tony was like, he the light turned green. I completely he forgot about it until I looked at my phone. Drive until he had taken a picture to share with you guys. <laughs> Which I appreciate, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate us discussing a photograph. They I will can't take. See. I'll put that on the Facebook page. You I'll tell put, me. I'll put that on the Facebook page. Don't tell me that Tony says ghosts. What do you think? <laughs> it's like if you see the blue dress or the gold dress from like. Exactly. You can post it as a poll. Yeah. <laughs> no, the poll's on the snowman. You see. No, oh, it's a pecker. God. That's right. Anyways, it, it was a poll. Now it's a pecker. We're going to do 2000's The Family Man. 2010. Was it 2000? No, it was 2000. That's right. (laughs) Wow. This this, this movie can drink. (laughs) This movie's vintage. Hey, you know that little baby in this movie? That's the same age as our baby. (laughs) Yeah, he's drinking. Wow. No, that baby's older than ours. A little bit. All right. So, this movie was written by writing duo David Diamond and David Weissman. Who are welcome back to the podcast from Evolution. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Brett Ratner from Rush Hour 1, 2, 3 and mm. Red Dragon. Carly asked me if we did Evolution and my only response was, I figured out what movie it is that I always get confused with. Yeah. Adaptation. Now, I've not seen that movie, so don't talk to me about what Adaptation is about. But Evolution and Adaptation are very similar names. (laughs) Okay, I've never seen Adaptation, but I 100% know those movies are nothing alike. Oh, I know that they're nothing alike. (laughs) Not even... They don't even start with the same vowel. But when I see... But they both start with a vowel. Because your adaptation is a drama. I'm like, did we see that? 
And then oh. I see adaptation, and I'm like, I know we, I know we did one of them. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Anyways, I'm still trying to get over that ghost I saw. I'm still trying to get over the pecker on the snowman. Is starring a lot of welcome back to the podcast. With his seventh appearance, Nicholas Cage. Seventh appearance. Is that making number one? Nope. No. He's climbing up after Sly Stallone. I Tony did a rundown. Calculated it. <laughs> oh, Sly's eight. Okay. Did you know? Sly is eight. <laughs> Cage is seven. Hold on. Okay. Sly, Wait a minute. Sly is seventy-five year old. Cage is fifty-seven. Really weird. <laughs> Sly, according to Google, which doesn't mean anything necessarily, but just for shits and giggles, Sly is worth four hundred million dollars. Cage is worth twenty-five million. Sly has done 88 movies. Nicolas Cage has done 109. <laughs> Do you want to know? Somebody's not good with money. <laughs> An interesting fact about Nicolas Cage is he stars in the movie Adaptation. Oh. Is that, that's the one with the, the aliens, right? <laughs> no, it's with Meryl Streep. He's a screenwriter. Call, call, Tookie Tookie? Was well, he also in the movie where he played a so ghost? Stop getting them what? confused. <laughs> or we need more movies with Orlando Jones. No, we need more movies with Sylvester Stallone. He's, he's losing Orlando his Jones lead. has that many movies. <laughs> I keep on. I keep kicking around the idea of doing a time machine, or you do, and he's in that. Yeah. I'm pretty like sure Nicholas Cage isn't worth 25 million anymore because he has a lot of money and he's he been making really, he's making really shitty movies. He lately. also has a lot of wives. Yeah, I think he's on wife number five. Stallone has a lot of wives too, but he has but, all that Rocky money. Yeah. Nicholas Cage used to have a lot more money, and then he had to give it all up. Yeah, That's why he makes shit movies. He also bought a tomb. Pyramid tomb. He in also Orleans. was a previous owner of the Ferrari he drove in this movie. That's true. But he had sold it before they started shooting. And he also that cologne was his as well. <laughs> Get in. All right. We're also welcome back to the podcast. Don Cheadle from Ocean's Eleven, Swordfish, and Volcano. I do I love didn't me realize some Don he was on a fourth appearance. Yeah, he's climbing. climbing up there. Also on there. Well, no, Jeremy Piven's on his third appearance. Yeah. Serendipity and the Goods. He is John Ruddy. And second appearance for Saul Rubinek from True Romance. Mm. So what did I see Piven in the other day? That I was like... Was it a terrible Christmas movie? Because no, John saw, watched that on Netflix. I saw, oh, I, I know did, what it was. Indeed, it was terrible. He's in Heat. Yeah. He's, for what? He's, <laughs> he's the doctor. Yeah, he's, he's, every time like, I watch Heat, I'm like, man, this fucking movie rules. And then I'm like... What is Jerry Pippen doing in this one scene? <laughs> Robert De Niro was like, like, give me your shirt. Seconds. He's like, my kids gave me the shirt. He's like, I don't give a well, shit. Take it off. Fuck, give me your shirt. Give me that shirt. I'm like, all right, see you, Jeremy. <laughs> He's in there for just that one scene. It always Maybe he just wanted to be in a De Niro picture. No, no, he probably did. But it, it was, was just. No, it was because it was 1995 and he has not been, a, no, Jeremy Pippen until Entourage. And like then he, he, and yeah. he went from ooh Jeremy Piven to ew Jeremy Piven really <laughs> that show. because he, he I think it elevated him. He's been in a lot of stuff, then, but he's never been the star until think, Entourage. I feel like Entourage elevated him for a little bit, but because that show was so misogynistic, it really took and yeah, it doesn't age well. It really <laughs> took him down, like raised his stock and then dropped it low, which is not um, fair because he did a really great job. He's a really good actor. He's he got that Piven stock sell now. Uh, well, he has a podcast called How You Live in Piven. Does he really? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a joke. Everybody has a, hey, you know Tony. Everybody uh, it's has true. A it's true. Even we do. It's true. And I was listening to it, and sometimes it's really interesting, and sometimes it's fucking boring. Yeah. That's how most well. celebrity, I, I listen to a few of them. That's how most of them are. I listen to Rob Lowe's podcast sometimes. Rob Lowe has a podcast? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> and occasionally it's fucking cool, but a lot of times it is not. I was watching a, a show he did on something. I remember what it was on. I think it was Netflix. But it was like all the Hollywood yeah, movie tracks. And I couldn't get through it. I was yeah, like, it was 
was kind of boring. But after the first ten minutes, I was like, "Wow, this do, is way too long. I don't care that much." I do like his podcast. That's how I he, feel about most things in mommy celebrities. When he has, uh, he'll have like the like uh, Anthony and Michael Hall. He'll have like the older the Brat Pack stuff yeah. on, and they talk about some of the crazy shit they did. I like that kind of stuff. But he's like There's Anthony Michael more. Hall was like, "You think he was a nerd? But he was banging him two at a time." <laughs> There's one more person in this movie who is not a welcome back to the podcast, but we should mention that Taya Leone is in this movie because she's a pretty. She actually won a Saturn Award for Best Actress for this movie. <laughs> she was in uh, Bad Boys. She was in Deep Impact, yeah. which I said Tony did. She's do terrible Deep in Bad Boys. She's also she's in Madam Secretary, movie. like the star of that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's one of those underrated actresses that's on like the low low that you don't know she's in it, and you're like, oh, she's really good in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I don't know. I'm interested in her IMDb now. And then we had a budget of $60 million and a worldwide gross of $124.7 million. We have a 53% tomato meter, a 67% audience score, a 6.8 on IMDb, and a 42 Metacritic. Wow. <laughs> and I have two reviews. So it's not, it's not a Christmas classic is what you're telling me. No, it is not. Should be. Although it is... Um, it has a lot of homages to It's a Wonderful Life, according to the yeah. trivia, which I have never seen. It's a Wonderful never saw Life. Wonderful... No. What is with you people? I've never seen A Wonderful Life. I, I don't may... remember not ever seeing it. I may have to break it? down yeah. and watch so it this on... year when I'm on Christmas right. break. I will when say. When I was growing up, it was on like WPX every day during the. I well, watched it a couple of times. It's a Christmas movie. And you know what else is always on at Christmas? Christmas Story. Miracle on 34th Street. Wizard of Oz. And in my house, we always watch The Wizard of Oz. So if you were watching a movie on Christmas, it was always The Wizard of Oz. It was never It's a Wonderful Life. You guys watch The Grand. Well, that's like an hour and a half, two hours, okay? You have the rest of the day. The Wizard of Oz is very long. And The Christmas Story used to be on TBS, like... Oh, yes, yeah. but that they was still on the repeat. <laughs> but that wasn't until the 90s. Like, in the 80s, it was just on once, maybe. I think TNT does A Christmas Story all day long, and TBS is Home Alone or something else. Oh. They do, like, the entire day. They just show that one movie. Like, but when I was a kid, it was A Christmas Story... And then Home Alone came out. But it, it's a, it would be on at night. It would be the Saturday night Christmas classic when we were growing up or whatever. And we watched The Wizard of Oz. So on weekends later. Or Miracle on 34th Street. Maybe my mom doesn't like that movie. movie. My dad it. thought it was dumb. I was like, so wow, here's one it. with Kelsey Grammer. Let's watch. Oh, my God, this is shit, but I got to finish it. What is it? Uh, I forget what it's called. Evidently, he was supposed to be British. Oh, wow. But, yeah. John has been watching a lot of terrible Christmas movies on Netflix. There are so many of them. And the watch one with Jeremy Piven, that was terrible. And it, they're mostly the same thing. Like, you can only watch so many of this girl goes back to her hometown and yeah. finds the love of oh her life. Yeah. They've done that about a thousand times. And yep. keep doing it. And they do. keep. But it's like, oh, well, now this one is a guy is going to go back. <laughs> like, yeah. Welcome to modern day Christmas romance. It's the same fucking story, people. There's, Come on. I can probably point to you 300 books that have that exact same plot line. And the whole point is that they have a happily ever after and people want to feel good about stuff. Now, have you watched the one where there's a haunted house and she falls in love with the ghost? Nope. <laughs> For Christmas? But how could you tell? It's a Christmas movie. You don't know what a ghost did, looks like. Uh, no, wait a minute. I did watch one where she fell in love with the ghost. It was when um, it was with Dry Eye and um, Dan Harris. Last Christmas? Yeah, last Christmas. She falls in love with the ghost. Because he's dead the entire movie. Spoilers. Oh my god! Thanks for spoiling that for me, you fucking asshat! That movie came out two years ago. You were gonna watch it. You could have done it already. I might have watched it eventually. You just spoiled the whole plot. It's like giving me the plot to the sixth sense. Fuck you. Uh, hold on now. I don't know if it's quite like giving you the plot of sixth sense. Sixth sense is a good movie. No movie with Daenerys in it is good. 
Okay, she's a ask. terrible actress. Actually, I disagree. Okay. <laughs> she, she was says, in a movie. Hold she on. She says Terminator. We're out of here. Yeah. No, no. She was in something else. Skeleton. Hold on. Let me look up her IMDb. She's a terrible actress. She's not a terrible actress. I don't know. Everything just... I see her in, I'm like, wow. You're not naked. <laughs> I just feel like she's miscast in a lot of things. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. She was in a movie called um, Me Before You. She uh, becomes a like a home health care worker for a paralyzed guy. Okay. This is a long movie. I'm it's a romance. It's all. wonderful. It makes me feel so good when I watch it. It's just lovely. Has a, one of those tear-jerking endings where he tells her she has to go live her life because <laughs> she's going to fucking die because he's paralyzed. and oh, It's just so beautiful. No, she's no, really great. morning was a Robin Williams movie called Happy Friggin' Christmas. I think before you, that's the book you bought me. Hey, I did buy him that book. <laughs> oh my God, we did. It's so good. He told but me he wanted ready. me uh. to buy him bestsellers from the last, I don't yep. know how many years. And he wanted me to get different genres. Did you read it? No. Normally, normally, <laughs> normally I would crap on a movie that Elaine said is good like that because, but... Metacritic gave it 51%. That's high praise. <laughs> Metacritic good. just says anything over 40% is... All right. Well, Metacritic gave this a 42, so let's go back to this. <laughs> yeah, when you talk about this movie, we're never going to get to it. It's a long movie. Mm-hmm. All right. For my birthday this year, pick me before you. We will all watch it. I mean, okay. Yeah. So, Calico Dreamin' uh-huh. on August 8th, 2020. Deep the in cat that, or the print, I wonder? Deep in that COVID times... Watched this movie and said 10 out of 10. Heartwarming. Arguably Nicolas Cage's best movie. That's why I picked this <laughs> Well, <review>. they haven't <laughs> seen God in 60 Seconds or even Sorcerer's Apprentice. Or I Ghost said, Rider. I said this is his seventh appearance on the podcast and I think this is number seven on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen The Rock? I mean, we did an entire trifecta. National Treasure? Oh, my God. Um, Con Air? That accent in Con Air? That hair in Con Air? Space? Con, the Harry's gotten Con Air X better than half of his movies. His accent is better. Okay. Bird. On the other hand, Karen128, back in 2001, said, 1 out of 10, it's okay if you're bored. Hmm. Um. High praise. <laughs> it's all right. This is long. I it's, wouldn't want to watch it if I was bored. It's no. like Fall a cheap, asleep. prefabricated It's a Wonderful Life, but without the feeling or charm. <laughs> I found myself watching the background actors, looking at the sets, wondering who painted the bedroom, that sort of thing. This really? YA studio spent billions <laughs> of dollars making this kind of generic, empty-calorie meal. It's an even greater mystery than the plot. Karen, <laughs> your math does not check <laughs> out. Karen, what a waste of a great actor in Don Cheadle. <laughs> well, I mean... He was criminally underused in this movie. I could have used more Cheadle. Yeah. But the scenes he's in are very good. Yeah. I just thought it but was he can so always funny. be there can always be more cheating on a movie. Yeah. I mean he is criminally underused in this movie. However, billions? billions. You lost me a billion there. <laughs> and I mean it's not like you got the beat. They're different hands. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. That and the only movie that cost a billion dollars was Endgame. And uh, um, the new James Bond was hovering right around a billion dollars. Oh, was it? Jesus yeah. Christ! What the hell are they well, spending they, that money? It, it kept getting pushed back, and they kept having to put out all this money for um, marketing. And tech, technically, Superman Returns almost cost. And like, I mean, a billion think about the fact that this movie has like twenty times no need well, for like CGI whatsoever. So I mean, sixty no. million. I mean, they, not, they did not. The most high tech thing they had was that bell. <laughs> <laughs> An elevator. <laughs> that was about it. That closet was pretty, though. Yeah, it was. All right, so what'd you think going in, Tony? 
I was like, I thought, I think I've seen this movie, but I can't remember. And then I was like, eh, it's Nicolas Cage. I'll watch probably anything Nicolas Cage is in at least once. So Just to see what he does. To see what's going on. Is this is this cool and calm and collective Cage, or is he going to start freaking out halfway through? Or is he going to be Hummerbird? There's no way anybody could think this movie is better than Moonstruck. <laughs> it's facts. And I don't even like Moonstruck all that much. But it's, you know. Where are you taking me? To the bed. What do you think? Going in, John. Oh, Hathaway, hey, I like... Um, I, I, I say, uh, I thought I might like this movie. <laughs> if I had seen it, but... Okay. What do you think, Elaine? My goodness. I think, considering me and John convinced you that this is the Christmas movie you should pick, <laughs> because you would really like it, because it's a nice kind of drama Christmas movie, um, and we told, kept saying over and over it was good, I probably was looking forward to watching it. <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. It's possible. All right. Could be. Could have been. Well, the movie opens with an airport scene. There's a couple saying goodbye. Jack has got an internship in London for a year. She's been accepted into one of the best law schools in the country. So they have a plan. They're going to stick to it. The year won't change their love. And she says, I sure have will. a bad feeling. <laughs> I don't want you to go. And he says... It's too late. <laughs> We're at the airport. You're not thinking straight. We have a plan. We're sticking to the plan. He goes full Dinkelman. He goes to London. He skis in his jeans. I mean, he did, but he doesn't. <laughs> and then we cut to 13 years later. And when he lives no in one's Jersey, surprised, he skis in his jeans. They're not together. <laughs> if they were together, that would have been surprising. The most surprising thing about the cut to 13 years is the fact that a grown-ass man wears um, briefs. Bikini, those are bikini briefs. They're just briefs. I have yet to meet a single man who wears briefs. Tony does. Show briefs me. are for children. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've met one. Do you know anyone who wears briefs? So what you're saying is if you were single and you go and you meet a nice fella and you go back and everything's going great, you go to have the consensual coitus, and he pulls, and out, he pulls the... out the briefs, that's a deal breaker for you. It's not a deal breaker, but I just don't but think it it's a real a surprise. <laughs> surprise. A- after everything's wait, done, you're going to walk over. Can I borrow these for a second? I really got to check be, this out. <laughs> what would be a bigger surprise? That he wore bikini briefs or that he was uncircumcised? This is just spitball in here. These are both surprising. <laughs> Unexpected in this current American climate. All right, friends. If you want to cancel those out, be circumcised with bikini briefs. There you go. And Okay, I'm just saying, you. I don't know anybody that actually buys, and I've never seen oh it, like the only people that buy uh, briefs at work are ladies over the age of 70. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> but they're older, older gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he's a high-powered Wall Street executive who's extremely wealthy. And he has a great apartment in, in New York City with a dream closet. <laughs> and it's a movie trope. He does not believe in stopping work for Christmas. <laughs> no. Well, he doesn't have a family. Um, he even scheduled a meeting for noon on Christmas Day and keeps all the employees late on Christmas Eve. Well, it's a $133 billion deal. 130 yeah. Yeah, whatever. That's the kind of thing. Like, it's Christmas. No one cares. We're going to keep working till this is done. <laughs> on December 26th, Actually, this deal is supposed to happen. I feel like people do care because most places... Those types of places. Rich people don't work on Christmas. How do you know? 
How many hedge fund managers do you know? Because they're rich and they don't How have to. How many people to. who work in mergers and acquisitions The people that know? work on Christmas are people who cannot afford to not work on Christmas. Mm. Companies like that let everybody off on Christmas. <laughs> they don't want to pay you. The and maybe, pay. maybe they would have an emergency meeting and that's fine. But rich people don't have to work on holidays. They, took, they take two weeks off and go to Vail. <laughs> because think, they're fucking rich. I think... I don't, I don't care who they're having coitus with. I don't. But. I know nothing about this, but I think in this movie, they're they're. I don't know what the precedent is, but in this movie, unless I'm remembering it wrong, they're doing this because the other people are working on Christmas, doing a merger, and they're trying to block it. Yeah, so, that, so maybe There's it's not like a typical thing. There's like some competition for this. Yeah, piece. yeah. They're like, "Fuck this! We're gonna make this billion dollar deal during Christmas, and everybody else is off." And they're like, "Well, fuck! We gotta get in, in on this, right?" And he does I talk about it's how kind of unclear. This we don't... deal is going to give them all gifts that have ten zeros. So but, he's going to be the best. He's gonna give them all the best Christmas gift. Yeah. They just have to celebrate a little late. <laughs> Children don't care. No, I'd be down with celebrating a day late for a couple billion dollars. Uh, all the Christmases. <laughs> you can have all Tony's Christmas. like, I would not celebrate Christmas ever again if you gave me that much money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Christmas, Christmas will miss me, I'm sure, by mm-hmm. me celebrating of Christmas. But... I would celebrate every day but Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. When he finally does leave work on Christmas Eve, it's like 9 p.m., and he decides to walk home. He stops at a convenience store for some eggnog and interferes when a customer who has a lottery ticket. Whose name is Cash. His name is Cash, yes. The staff refuse to even look at the lottery ticket to check if it's a winner. I, I love that character actor. <laughs> that actor, I was whenever I see him, I think of um the uh, the store guy? Yeah, yeah the, the store clerk. guy. He was in uh, Keeping the Faith. With, he was in old. He wasn't he was in keeping the faith. He, he was he, the karaoke guy. He was the karaoke salesman in Keeping the Faith. Is that the Paul Hogan movie? No. Oh. Did we do Keeping the Faith? Keeping Did the you faith pick that for Carly's birthday? Edward Norton and um, was, uh, Were you going to pick that for Carly's birthday? Uh, I was, yeah. But they're both. Uh, God, he's so good, though. He's such a great One's character. a priest, the other's a rabbi. That's right. And they're both vying for the affections of their childhood chum. It's, well, anyway, this character actor is <laughs> the right along. karaoke salesman. <laughs> oh, and he comes okay. out singing Jesse's Girl with a terrible accent yes. and then drops it <laughs> immediately. <laughs> well, he won't even look at the lottery ticket. He says, you drew in the lines. I don't know lottery tickets. So that's he says, I know. You, you drew the lines. You fake. Okay. And, and, and Cash acting credits, this gentleman. Because he knows this is a real ticket, and this says, guy won't even look at it. Check the ticket, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack kind of interferes, and he's like, "Hey, dude, I'll buy the ticket from you. I'll give you two hundred bucks for it. Like, we don't have to. This doesn't have to be a thing. Let's just step outside." He says, "Do you want to die?" Because <laughs> well, like, the ticket's no, for two hundred thirty-eight dollars. He says, "I'll buy it from you for two hundred and make myself a quick $38. It's just a just business. Assuming deal. you don't rob me outside. Yeah, Tony's like, how do you know this dude is going to rob you outside? Fuck this dude, man. I mean, he's yeah. robbing a store. Yeah. I'm not walking like... anywhere with anyone. I, I One time I was in a parking lot, and uh, this guy walked up, and he's like, hey, man, give me, you know, can I have some money? I was like, well, no. Uh, and he's like, I was like, I don't, I you know, I just say, I don't carry cash, because who the hell carries cash? He goes, well, there's an ATM right there, man. We can go over there and get, get, get <laughs> money out of the ATM. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> like, I don't really do that no. charity thing. And second off, I don't give you money from a fucking ATM. Ugh. He's like, I'm not going to rob you. I was like, it's good to know. Exactly what someone who would rob you is going to yeah. say. Yeah. 
I couldn't believe he said that. But they, they go outside, Diane. and Jack gives him 200 bucks for the ticket. And this never comes back. <laughs> and what's, what's funny is Jack has eggnog. He puts it down, and Cash grabs it. And starts drinking starts it. Starts drinking it. And then as they part ways... Gives it back. He gives it to him. And Jack looks at it and throws it away. But Jack paid for the eggnog before yeah. he left the store. He did. And uh, <laughs> and I stopped buying and eggnog because I would get it, have like a little bit, and be like, "This is gross," and leave it in the fridge. That's the thing is, you want you want like a shot glass of eggnog, and that's all you need for, for the season. I don't want any either. It's gross. For the season. Gross. You want you want a shot glass with a little bit of cinnamon on it or whatever, and you're good. You're good, and that's all you need. But you always buy it, and you drink it, and you're like, "Ugh." And the small size it comes in, in is like the half gallon. And yeah. it's like, Come on. All right. So when they're outside. Jack's like, maybe you shouldn't carry a gun around so you don't do things that you're going to regret. And he's like, you think I have regrets? You have regrets. He's trying to save me, yo. (laughs) He he thinks I need saving. He's like, everybody needs something. And Cash is like, well, what do you need, Jack? And he says, I have everything I need. He goes, this is going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Remember you said that. You did this to yourself. (laughs) So Jack goes home and goes to bed. Alone in his apartment, and he wakes up. In his bikini underwear. Not alone in a house with Kate. In boxer briefs. Two kids. Or boxers. Yes, he's in boxers now. <laughs> he's got real underpants. <laughs> when you're rich, you can wear whatever you want. And he is. Nobody wants. You're lucky he bikinis. wasn't going commando. <laughs> this isn't Europe. Nobody wears bikinis. <laughs> Maybe he hangs out in Europe a lot. You ever? You want to... me to buy you some bikinis so I that you can feel you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No way, because you don't want that around your balls. <laughs> Nobody does. Oh, man. He's very confused. John, I have no opinion of your balls. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> you do you have an you opinion want. on bikini underpants? I never have worn any, so I don't know anything about them. He throws on some clothes and bolts. He's out the door. He runs into his in-laws on the way out because they're arriving, and he's like, where's my Ferrari? And they are laughing at him. Like, Ferrari? <laughs> There's a minivan in the bar. He tries to borrow Big Ed's car, and he's like, you have a perfectly good minivan in the driveway. <laughs> and the, the mom's like, just let him borrow your your precious caddy. And he's like, no. No. <laughs> I wouldn't let this so crazy big, man borrow my caddy either. So Big Ed goes and gets the keys, goes, here you go. <laughs> and he takes that minivan, and he drives to New York City, and he goes home to his building. And the lady he rides the elevator with is out front, as is the doorman, and he's like, hey, guys. Why don't you let me in? This, I live here. And they're like, who the fuck are you, dude? Yeah, I don't know, bro. <laughs> He's like, stop it. I'm putting you on notice with the co-op board. <laughs> well, he goes full Karen here. And then he goes to his office, and the building is closed, and security doesn't know who he is, and he's like, my name is right. <gasps> it says Alan Minsk, who's the guy he was working for him, just under him. One of his subordinates. Yeah, one of his yes. subordinates who was drinking all the Diet Cokes and making little... I think it was mashed potatoes. <laughs> mashed potato snowmans. Yeah. He's the one that put the pecker on the snowman. <gasps> he <There you> is. <laughs> figured it out. Good job. So then he goes outside, and he's just wandering into the street and almost gets hit by his Ferrari. Same and who's in it? Don Cheadle. Or Cash. Or Machine Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's All a, caps. That's a very nice Ferrari. Well, it was. That Ferrari is vintage. Oh, I'm sure. It's still very nice. I, wonder what I have never seen for. a Ferrari and go, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering, like, there's this thing, right before a car becomes vintage is the time to buy it. Because mm. once it hits that vintage mark, the price goes up. Mm. Especially on, like, a Ferrari. Oh, yeah. But, 
But I don't think there was ever a time that this would have been reasonably priced. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, it's only hundred grand right now. Oh, <laughs> well, <okay>. shit. <laughs> Bargain. But some cars have, like, years where they don't look as nice. Nobody has ever not had a nice Ferrari. Ferrari. It's like a Lamborghini. <laughs> Friends, if you want to go back and listen to our Ford versus Ferrari, it would be great. <laughs> All right. Just watch that movie. You, you can learn about llama bites. Come get, here. Get All right. Me. So Cash is like, get in, and I'll explain everything. And uh, then he starts driving like a crazy person. And as they drive around, he's like, hey, it's a glimpse. You're in it until you figure out why. I can't tell you anything else about it. All right, get out. <laughs> he goes, wait a minute, because you thought I was arrogant, you put me on a permanent acid trip. Well, then he says, I'm not, he goes, no, you're going to come with me. You're gonna, he goes, all right, all right, man. Okay. And then he's, as soon as Cage, He's like, let's go for a walk. We'll talk about it some <laughs> no, more. He, he hands him a bag and he goes, well, what is this? He opens it up and it's uh, a bell. It's a bicycle. bicycle. He's like, do you come when I ring it? And he's like, now you get out of the car, Jack. <laughs> as soon as then he, he says, come on, let's go outside the car oh, and get no. some air. So then he opens the door and it looks like he's getting out. As soon as Jack gets out, shuts the door drives away. <laughs> you had to see that coming. Oh, so Jack goes back home, but he can't remember exactly where that was or how to get there. So he stops to ask a man for directions, and it turns out that this is his best friend. <laughs> Arnie. And Arnie's like, hey, we found Jack. <laughs> and his wife is fucking Kate <laughs> Walsh or Welsh or whatever her name mm-hmm. is. I was like, is that? <laughs> that no, that's what I don't understand. Because his wife has been calling all over trying to find where he is. Arnie and Ke- Arnie and his wife see him. Now, if I was the wife, I immediately go in the house and I call fucking Nicholas yeah. Cage's wife. He's here, but she doesn't. Nobody calls her to say we found your husband. What the fuck is and that? And Arnie's like, come down to the basement and let's have a I've little chat. I've been expecting this for a while. Well, because Arnie's his best friend, and yes. you hear that your buddy freaked out and he left, took off. and you figure at some point he's going to come to see you because you yes. know that's who you confided. But and like, if Tony freaked out and ran, I'd assume he'd get here eventually. Yes. That's true. And he, and when he showed up, if Carly had already sent me a text saying, hey, have you seen Tony? He freaked out. She would have let me know. I would have been like, he's here now. Don't worry. But what if Tony <laughs> didn't want her to know? It doesn't matter. That's what a that's good wife you does. You say he's safe. Yes, that's at least all let her she know. wants to mind. know right now. He's not over my house. He's not have. dead in a ditch somewhere. It's he's safe. That's <laughs> just how it works. You have like, to. Have you seen Tony? Tony here. You have to because she thinks he's dead. The guy she, sitting on your couch. That's oh, why first the, of all, it's this be- side of the table <laughs> and that side of the table. <laughs> that's the difference. It's a guy thing. Yeah. Underwear Look, bins. No, but if I was calling because I thought you were dead and I was checking hospitals, then Tony would at least send me a text message that says he's alive. He'll he'll come home when he's ready. <laughs> Probably a gift. And I'll be like, I'll be like. <laughs> That's it's fucking not good enough, but at least I know you're not dead. At least I can yeah, stop probably. frantically calling the hospital. Yes, the police. and all our friends like a crazy person on Christmas. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? I wouldn't call anybody. I don't like to be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's, anyway. she's the person you see in the movie at the when they're interrogating her. Your husband was missing for a week, and you didn't call anybody. It was, like, well, it was Christmas. <laughs> Talk to strangers. I'm embarrassing. Don't talk. I didn't admit my husband left me. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I don't talk to strangers. Yeah, you're not getting out of jail. Oh, what you well, he's dead, and you, you are staying with us. <laughs> you heard me do a phone interview. I don't talk to strangers on the phone. Yeah, Elaine try, tries to be funny, and it's. Not. I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> oh no, those weren't jokes. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Why were you laughing afterwards? No. She <laughs> got a little like, of the Carly disease. Uh, <laughs> no, she would have like a nervous laugh. I'm like, stop, relax, oh, just relax. Goodness gracious. There is no relaxing, there's only anxiety. They're supposed to impress you, you're interviewing them. There's only me and anxiety. Right. I know, I'm like, wow, there's much better ways to do this. So Arnie's like, are you having problems at work? And he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> He doesn't even know what his job is. And he's like, is it something with Kate? And he's like, oh, it's like we're in the same brain. He's like, we're in Chelsea. <laughs> like, he brings him downstairs. He's like, and Jack's looking around. He's like, and Arnie's like, yeah, move the Barker loungers. Changing everything. Cool, huh? He's like, yeah. It's a nice room. He can't go to touch him. And he pulls the old fist thing. And, he, and Arnie would be like his friend. Be like, whoa, hey, here yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> It is very awkward, but he's Well, because like, that's how a friend would react. It's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, what are you... <laughs> so, Arnie walks him home, Everything he's going to try to punch you. <laughs> it kind of looks like maybe their backyards butt up against each other or something. Yeah, like he was close. <laughs> he, he walks him home, and he's like, uh, remember what you told me when I was thinking about having that thing with Arnie Jr.'s speech therapist? Oh, that's... Who are you texting? About how, uh... About how you Bear should not you. give up or screw up the best thing in your life just because you're a little unsure of who you are. And he walks him home and he's like, go get him, tiger. And then he walks in and sees Kate on the phone with the hospital because she's still looking for him. <laughs> and and she's like, what the fuck, dude? And he's like, I went to the city. And she's like, you just disappeared on Christmas morning. You missed everything. <laughs> And you ruined Christmas. <laughs> you missed the kids opening all their presents. <sighs> you spent hours putting that bike together and you didn't get to see her face when she opened it. Yeah. <sighs> so she's happy he's alive, but pissed. And uh, and he's and she's like, now we don't even have time. We have to get dressed for the Tompkins party. And you're not wearing sweatpants. So I don't care what kind of funny joke this is. <laughs> no, she says no matter how funny you think it is. So. And he's like, I'm not going to this party. And she goes, okay, well, that's fine. Let me call my mom and you can stay home with the kids. He goes, I'll be ready in 10 minutes. <laughs> so uh, he he does try to tell her that he, he does not live here and he is not her husband. And she's like, I don't know what you're doing, but it's not funny. She goes, uh. <laughs> I mean, evidently, because we see later in the movie that he does these kind of things. Yeah. She's like, you're my wife. Hey, you're really... Reacts surprised it's by something weird. So but it's that apparently it is a personality quirk of his. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he likes that one song. Um, uh, with, oh shoot, I can't remember. Name. As the days go by, how did I get here? Never mind. Okay, I can't remember the name. Oh, Big Burn. Country. No, it's like burning down the house. Whatever that group is. Uh, yeah. The Talking Heads or something. Yeah. Anyway. See, look, I don't know her. He gets this. He goes upstairs to change. He's disappointed <laughs> in his wardrobe, but he gets the song that is the other song about. That Tony played last week, after he played um, once in a the Maxwell. It's once in a lifetime thing. By the Talking Heads. No, that's not his. Once in a lifetime. And once they arrive at the party, he starts drinking copiously. Yeah, like you would. And the lady of the house is flirting with him. And he's oblivious to it. Yes. <laughs> She's like, "You like my dress?" He's like, "Yes, yeah, lovely." I thought you noticed it before. He's like, "Yeah, it's great." <laughs> it's like, "Go away. Where's the alcohol?" Yeah. He chats with his friends because they call him over. He's like, okay. <laughs> this one part of the scene takes me out of it. So he's like, would you like a cigar? He's like, no. He goes, oh, no, they're American, not Cuban. 
what are you trying to say? Like he's in this poor little thing that they would be like, no, American cigars are better than Cuban. Said no one ever. <laughs> or maybe one of them's a cop and they're worried about importing. Yeah, no one's worried about that either. <laughs> there, there is no world where someone who smokes cigars would be like, oh no, not a Cuban. Give me one of those American cigars. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Cuban Cigars. Yeah, there you go. On the 18th. Uh, who knows? I don't know. But and, maybe this guy uh, always has some part. Maybe this guy is always trying to convince you that American cigars are just as good as Cuban cigars. All right, stop maybe this to is his character off. trait. This is just a shitty line of dialogue that they shouldn't have wrote it's because weird. it doesn't work for anybody ever. Anyways, he also overhears Kate telling a story to her friends about a sweater a client made for her that said uh, that misspelled lawyer. This really a well, and he's a line. like. Oh, you're a lawyer. And I hid my face in a pillow because I couldn't <laughs> handle the amount of embarrassment in this scene. Because I guess hearing the discount layers do it for free? No, it's because it embarrasses Because he's in the middle of a party. If 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 Elaine walked up to you in the middle of a party and was like, oh, you play the jazz triangle? You'd be like, yep, we're fucking married. Why don't you know that? Because <laughs> that's how she reacts. It's, like, what is wrong with you? It's embarrassing. <laughs> and I couldn't story, handle it. And Tony went, you're a teacher? <laughs> It Holy would shit. be weird. And all of my friends would be like, what the fuck is wrong with Tony? And it's not, yeah. no. Is this a bit? I don't know. The I reason he's surprised is that, that she is a, a non-profit, non-profit lawyer. It's because it's surprising. Because he, all he knows about her is the person that she was when they were dating before. And she was supposed to have this big, high-powered law job. Well, She's she going, going to going to law school. school. So. And most people don't become lawyers to become poor. <laughs> Facts. He's like, Where's the money in that? <laughs> and when they get home, he has to walk the dog. And he's like, no, I'm not going to walk the dog. It's not my dog. And she's like, oh, you're right. It's the kid's dog. Let's wake up the kids and have them walk the dog. So he goes and walks the dog. The next morning, he wakes up alone and thinks he's gone back to his life. Woohoo! But no, then the baby starts crying. He can hear that Kate is in the shower. So he oh he knocks on the door. She doesn't answer. He opens the door, and he's hollering at her. And she opens the shower door, and she's like, "What?" And he like turns his head. <laughs> and so I was curious. That was actually Taya Leone naked. It is not. And Elaine looked it up and goes, "Well, it's obviously not her. She's way too tall." I'm like, no one's ever been like, "How tall is that woman who's naked?" <laughs> also, that was. Quite an energetic shower. <laughs> yeah. She was getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Carla were like, what are we doing in the shower? What is the trivia? What exactly are we cleaning here? First of all, in the trivia, it says that the body dou- double is obviously taller than her. So when she's standing that. in the shower and then opens the door, like her head is significantly lower. I didn't notice. So I don't think it's that obvious. But nobody dances that hardcore in the shower. You slip, no. you fall, you die. <laughs> there is that. No, I was like, what is she doing in there? I might slip and fall if I was doing that dance move in the living room. (laughs) (laughs) Let alone in the goddamn shower. And And what kind of person with little kids has enough energy to dance in the shower? (laughs) You are in, you are out. (laughs) You got nothing. You're still dead to the world. (laughs) No time. So he's like, she's like, what? He's like, the baby is crying. And she's like, so? (laughs) It's Tuesday. That's your day and you know it. And she shuts the door. And he has to go deal with the baby. And presumably, he did not have to do this yet. So, he doesn't know anything about <coughs> babies. And, of course, they do the, the uh, movie trope that men don't have any idea how to do this. I do like... they've never seen a baby change in their life. 
I, I do like the every other day distribution of assets for childhood. <laughs> okay, well, in the next one, we'll get that done. <laughs> but I just, I like I'll that. I'll one for Christmas. I no. do like that. Uncle Jeff I know a guy. <laughs> you have a baby guy? Yeah. No, but I do like that because generally speaking, even if they had been married for 15 years, the trope is always that the man doesn't can't change a diaper even if they're, they're his own kids and he's been living there the whole time. But I do like the assumption that they well, trade off every other day. It's nice. Me, Tony, you don't have any kids. Can you change a diaper? I don't think I've ever changed a diaper, but I think I could figure it out. It's just the two little tabby things. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a pull-up, right? Don't they have pull-up yep, ones? there you go. Yeah. And you just clean up the area. Yeah. All right. So the little girl, their daughter, kind of helps him. She points Dang. at the diaper genie. I've seen enough movies where she they do. She points it at the wipes. It's wipe it and put baby powder there. Or it's something, not right? rocket science. Yeah. It's a boy, so of course we have to have him peeing. Welcome yeah. back to the podcast. You do have to watch peeing. out for that. <laughs> and then he gets them ready to go to school and daycare. And he, the little girl, tells him how to get to the daycare and how to get to her school. And then he's like. Where do I go now? <laughs> She's like, you go to Big Ed's Tires. And he's like, why? <laughs> you work there. And he's like, I I am a tire salesman. <laughs> he's very upset yes. with his life. Yes. And he arrives at work and he has to ask where his office is. And he's just wandering. Everybody's like, hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. And it's funny. So he asks the guy, he's like, do I have an office here? And the guy goes, ah, good one, Jack. And I thought that was a no. <laughs> But then it's, no, it's right back there. Because it seems like he does this thing when he walks around oblivious. Mm-hmm. Like asking questions like, how did, oh, how did I get here? Help me out. And like, ha, ha, ha. Terrible <laughs> joke that you have to laugh to see your boss. Yeah. I mean, let's just point out the fact that he's the boss of this place and acts like it's the worst thing ever. He has a gigantic fucking office. <laughs> there are worse jobs. Yeah. He goes into his office. It is rather large. He finds out that he is a bowler who drinks Glenn Levitt. <laughs> Half of that's cool. <laughs> Bowling is very cool. That's not exactly cheap whiskey. No. Like, that looked like it was the aged good stuff. Mm-hmm. So he gets it for Christmas periodically. Or I buy it periodically. Yeah. It's like $60. I, I will say that. I mean, if it was going to, if he was getting like a $10 bottle of hooch, that would be more. Okay, so Amanda, my friend that I go to brunch with, her husband is really into whiskey and buys the really super expensive stuff that's like $400 a bottle. Mm-hmm. So this. Uh, Sixty bottle of dollar bottle of whiskey is considered the good stuff to lower yeah. to middle class people. Mm-hmm. But if you really like whiskey, that the, is not the good stuff. It's not the the Skyfall Macallan that's yeah. like no. six hundred thousand dollars a shot. But this is, I mean, it's it's decent. But if you had, <laughs> think of that. It's a damn but it's also scotch. not wild turkey or. Yeah. But exactly. if you had the kind of it's money not Boone's that Boone's Farm, Boone's Farm strawberry. But if you had the kind of money that this guy had in the beginning of the movie, he's not drinking sixty dollars Scott or whiskey. He's drinking eight hundred dollar whiskey. And they have a house and they have two kids and they the have a big fucking house. Yeah, and the house isn't in junk. New Jersey. Four yeah. bedrooms, yeah. two and a half baths, so partially finished basement. So they're doing okay. I already told him. <laughs> no, he's making decent money. He's probably in. And later we yeah. learned like that this our... place did one point two million in sales last year, and he seems to be number two. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's about to be number one. Mm-hmm. Because it's his father-in-law's place. And he's pretty much retired, it seems. Well, they say at Christmas that now that he's retired, something about the hat. So, like, he pretty much, maybe he's he's not the owner, but he is the head honcho. Maybe it's a chain or something. Who knows? Mm, but so, he's doing okay. He's doing he, right. uh, he does hold the bottle and say, you must have needed this every day. Because he just cannot accept that this is his life. 
Um, and he sees on the wall that in 1988, when he went to London, he did was the like top selling junior, junior sales, sales associate, associate. Ian Hutton. Yeah. So he did have a job on Wall Street in 1988. So he's like, why the fuck do I work here? And I like when he looks at the picture of him and his wife and he goes, what are you smiling at? (laughs) (laughs) And that night, Jack sees on the news that the deal he was brokering is still happening, but instead of it being $130 billion, it is Alan, the... Minsk. Minsk. His $122 billion deal. And Jack is irate. That was his deal. And they're not even doing it right. And, Seems like uh, that deal was fake. Kate comes in, all excited because the kids are asleep. Starts stripping. She's ready for some hibbity-dibbity. And uh, she, she starts pulling off his... Wicked game. <laughs> like throws it on real quick. She starts pulling off his socks and he's like, please don't mess with my socks. <laughs> and then he's like, oh... <laughs> He's like, you want to get a bottle of wine? She's like, yeah, we ain't got time for that. Because <laughs> in 30 minutes, you're going to be snoring. So, uh... And I called bullshit on this, too. I'm like, okay, come on now. He would get down. <laughs> she asked how he could yeah. look at her Probably with Probably would, but it, it also is... Like, I, I, I will let it go the first time. Because this is, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, is this... A, did I die? Is this some kind of weird heaven? And, you know... Well, like, here's the there's thing. There's a lot of shit going on. He is not attached in the real world. Right, right. If he had a girlfriend, wife, or something, I can see him not sleeping with her because he's married. Because then, in his mind, he's unavailable. Mm-hmm. But he's unattached. He clearly finds her attractive. He'd have hit that. And he does know her. So oh, you'd have had sex like... with Taylor Leone. Is oh, yeah. that what we're saying? Oh, yeah. If you were Nicholas I, I would in this movie. I wouldn't. I would still be too you freaked have out. Sex with and no, <laughs> I would still be freaked out that, that we're married now. This was the girl that I dated in college, and now all of a sudden we're married. We got kids. It's freaking me out. I'm not. I am not in the mood. <laughs> well, she, yeah. He talks about how beautiful she is and how she's totally grown into it. such a beautiful woman. And like she's like, Cox Cable. "How do you look at me like you haven't seen me every day for the past thirteen years?" And she's like, "Hold on, I got something." And she goes in the bathroom and puts on a little. Black and does the. The least sexy this isn't a very ever. sexy yeah. thing either, no, it's though. Not. <laughs> There's no lace. It's not see-through. It's she, cute. It's cute. It's cute. I mean, it's fine, but dudes, but it's not sexy enough to. Dudes don't care about the, that stuff yes, as much. This as you is think. A, no, yeah, not at all. That's what I was gonna say. Dudes don't care about that, and it's not sexy enough to feel like I'm putting this on as a special sexy thing. Yeah, it just weird. looks like a skin-type body contrast. Like, do you know what Victoria's <laughs> Secret actually is? That she knows that men don't care about that kind of thing. <laughs> no, so, that she makes underwear in different styles so you can find the kind that covers your ass. That's her secret. No. So she's... Yes. Like, they tell you that you have to wear this or he'll won't find your track. No, that's, that's not, not her you secret. You take all that off, he's still going to have to. That's not her secret. That's no. not why she stays in business. Well, she comes back out and he is asleep. He's not really asleep, but she thinks he is. She puts a sweater on over her little dress and goes to bed. And Tony's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> What are you? What are you putting a sweater on? Why are you putting a sweater on? It's cold. Over that yeah, but that, she had bed. some thick ass comforters on that bed. I was like, <laughs> some people are cold all the time. I guess that cold. You wear sweaters to bed under thick comforters. We were in Philly. I cannot confirm or deny that we were doing anything in bed in Philly. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You just made it sound so much worse. No, I know, I know. I no, we went to Philly and I was freezing, and everybody's like, "You're you're cold." I had a sweater on, a hat on, I got under well, the blankets. we also had the air conditioner going. Yeah. And, and DJ's wearing a tank top. We were also naked and we were all, you know, running around. 
Oh my god. With buckets Anyways. on our heads, but that's. So then we kind of cut to mid-January. We this movie takes place between Christmas and Valentine's, and every time we start a new day, we don't know when it is. But yeah, now it's, it's mid-January. Yeah. The family goes to a sale at the mall, and Jack clearly does not want to keep shopping because she's like, "Oh, we're almost done. We just got to go to the shoes department, the watch store, the linen store." And he's like, "How about we just go to every store?" And I was like, "I feel seen." And she's like, "How about you just stay here in the men's department, and we'll come find you when we're done." And he does go to the men's department and looks at some suits, and the man is like, that one's good for you. So Let's John and I went to Chicago recently for mm-hmm. our son's boot camp graduation, mm-hmm. and we went to the world's fanciest outlet mall. Yeah, like this is where they have Gucci outlets. And Prada. And yeah. Prada. And there was a suit store. And we went, we'd never heard of these, this brand before. We went in there. The suit jackets were four grand. So <laughs> this we, is we the outlet. We left the Armani suit store and went to this suit store, and Armani was like a discount store. Yeah. <laughs> this, like, this, and, this is the expensive shit. Did you and these are. One? Oh, yeah. Was and, nice. The best suits. Nice. <laughs> and this was, this was the outlet, though. So yeah. the full retail. Yeah. Wow. These are like six, seven, eight thousand dollars suits, right? And they, were, and they were beautiful. And I. I told John if he really wants one, you buy it. But whatever. She's like, but you should buy one. I'm we like, had never heard no. of this. And this I can't is like, justify spending this much money on a suit. So, but we had never heard of this brand before, and we we looked it up. It's one of those couture brands. It's, but we kind of like figure if you wear you know like Armani and Gucci, people think you have money. If you wear this, they know you do. <laughs> because it's one of those brands. But and only those who have money will know. Yeah. But we're watching this movie. And you know the brand of suits that he's looking at? Yeah. Is it that brand? It's that brand. Nice. Whoa! Emilio, like, whateverness. Interesting. Zagna. Whatever. It's it's an Italian brand. This really fancy and expensive. Beautiful suits. Yeah. Nice. Like, but, and I was like, oh my God, honey, isn't like, that that, that brand of suits? <laughs> That's funny. And those were not. <laughs> and this was back in 2000, and that sport jacket was $2,400. Well, the whole he's, suit was 2400 He's looking at it. He wants it. She comes over. She sees him. She's like, damn, that suit looks great on you. That is wonderful. You look so hot in that suit. He's like, I'm buying this suit. She's like, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> See the difference in the wives there? <laughs> One, My wife's like, you should spend seven grand on a suit. She's we like, have money though. She's like, go ahead, spend the money on on this. We don't like, have kids anymore. I, I can't, I can't. Yeah, you don't have two kids suit. under five. But also, that's a very different thing. <laughs> also, you wear suits to work. He does not. No. <laughs> yeah, he's not as a tire salesman. <laughs> so. He's like, I'm buying the suit. And she's like, no, you're not. And he's like, look, my life fucking sucks. <laughs> she got shoes. I want the suit. And she's like, those shoes were $25. <laughs> he says, where are my Mary Janes? And when I whispered in Elaine's ear, you have like 14 pairs of Mary Janes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, all those together are not the price of that suit. <laughs> she's like, you know what? If you think your life sucks so bad, first of all, that's very sad. Second of all, <laughs> just buy the goddamn suit. We'll take it out of the kid's college fund. <laughs> if you think the suit will make you feel better. Well, because he says putting this suit on actually makes me feel like a better person. And I'm like, is that true? Sometimes. <laughs> if you like if you like to wear suits, putting a suit on makes you feel better. But she's like, we'll just get you a funnel cake. You like those. And he's like, eventually he's like, fine. I won't buy the suit. Let's get a funnel cake. It'll be the highlight of my week. <laughs> funnel cakes also make you feel better. <laughs> Tony was like, suit or funnel cake? I don't know. <laughs> I like funnel cakes. <laughs> I would go with suit. Well, but if I couldn't get a suit, and they were like, funnel cake. Okay. 
But I always encourage you to buy the things that you want. (laughs) But I always encourage you to buy the things that you want. Like your 15th pair of shoes this month. I did not buy 15 (laughs) pairs of shoes this month. (sighs) On the way home, he apologizes for his outburst. (laughs) And they talk about how their lives have not turned out exactly as they thought. And he's like, so what would you say the biggest surprise in our lives has been? Like he's doing, <laughs> he's trying to do uh, intel here. Yeah. Right? She's like, well, I'm getting pregnant with Annie, number one. He's like, yep, surprise, you're pregnant. Yeah, that was a big one. What else? He's like, I mean, but I kind of like her. It worked out. She goes, oh, well, great. I guess we'll keep her then. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I mean, when you stepped in. Uh, after the heart attack. You had a heart attack? <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, stop it, Jack. It's not funny anymore. If you hadn't helped about the store, I don't know what we would have done. And he's like, oh, that's why I work at the tire store. Because her dad had a heart attack. And she looks at him and it's like, that's why I work at the tire store. <laughs> that's why I work for Big Ed. Huh. Starting to make sense to him because he worked at EF Hutton. And he was doing well, so he was working on Wall Street. Yeah. And then what happened? How did he get from Wall Street to Jersey? Yeah. Not there's anything wrong with Jersey. Just how did, it's not say. his dream job. He was working toward his dream job, and then he wasn't anymore. So, and she's like, Which she tells him mm-hmm. that she still thinks that they're a success story. And she's very happy with their life. And then we cut to Jack at a league bowling match, and we learned that this Jack cannot bowl. And he has a bowling ball that's called Jack the Hammer Campbell. Well, if your name is Jack, hammer is an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. That's true. And eh, while there... A little on the nose, but sure. He runs into Evelyn Thompson, the lady who flirted him with him at the party. And uh, he's like, hey, is there something is going on here? <laughs> and she's like, are we finally being honest? And he's like... That would be helpful. <laughs> I think he's fishing to see if they have slept together. Yeah, right. to see she's he's like, like, oh, like oh, I, I want to sleep with you. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's she not says, what I want. But I have six sets of snow tires, and I don't even drive in the snow. <laughs> Our kids just happen to be on the same ballet, ballet class, class every year. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. If you don't drive in the snow, you have six sets of snow tires, and I'm your husband? Yeah. We will have a Ask conversation about that. that something. Sounds like her husband might also be having an affair. Mm-hmm. But Jack? You, no, but if you don't know the six sets of snow tires... There's probably a reason. <laughs> Fair. And uh, she's like, look, my husband's taking the kids out of town for the weekend. You should just come by. Yikes. And who goes out of town with their kids and not their wife? Uh, some, there's something wrong there. I did. My, my parents that funeral? Did. You didn't go. When yeah, we but that was kids. a funeral that's not like out of town. Yeah, it that was. That was out of town. <laughs> the funeral's not in town, you see. We had to go out of town. When I went to my grandmother's funeral. Did you have Jack come over while I was gone? And my mom didn't go because... They weren't going to pay somebody to watch the dogs, so <laughs> we were poor. Somebody had to stay home with the dogs. We had four funerals within three months. Yeah. Some, yeah. Somebody didn't need to go every time. Yeah. Yeah. It was too much money. My mom was, couldn't afford well, to take off work, and somebody had to take care of the dogs. I redid the, the bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're doing major projects, get the washing machines out of the house. Unless it's like a camping thing, is it normally planned that way? I don't know. It's very strange. But uh, anyways, he goes he goes and talks to Arnie, and he's like, I just ran into Evelyn Tompkins, and she wants to have an affair with me. So um, if you could just write her address down. <laughs> and, so, and Arnie's like, 
No. So, <laughs> I want to notice the, the subtle things because he moves Arnie's beer and says, write her name and address on the n- note. And the first thing Arnie does is crumble up the napkin. <laughs> That's a true friend right yeah. there. He's like, no, That's sir. Good He's good a good friend. He's a good friend. He's like, there isn't a guy in this town who wouldn't give his left nut to have Kate and you're going to fuck it up. <laughs> That's not true. Because right now, someone, somewhere, sees Kate and goes, this bitch. Yeah, Nicholas David, Cage. David Duchovny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, look, you can't, you're not doing that. You shouldn't do it. So uh, he talks about how amazing Kate is and he shouldn't screw it up. And then he goes home and he's like, hey, where's that chocolate cake? And she's eating it. And he's like, that was my cake. Give me my cake. And she's like, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> He's got grounds for divorce, right? <laughs> this is a chocolate cake. That's and a double no, chocolate cake. He's been being a complete asshat lately. You don't eat the man's chocolate cake. There's lines. He's you like, I was cross. saving that cake. He yelled at me in the mall. He missed Christmas. He's being a douchebag. I'm eating the fucking cake. Miss, missing Christmas. I don't like chocolate cake, so I'm not eating it, but I might have given That's it to the kids. <laughs> don't you touch my cake. <laughs> So they do a little chase around the house. This is the anniversary, too. And it's funny. That ends up on the steps with them smashing cake in each other's faces and, and then, then making out. And, and there's cake everywhere. And they're about to have sex. I'm like, that's not happening. Yeah, this scene could have... Nobody like, has sex on this, the stairs ever. There's this movie trope where people have sex on the stairs. No one has sex on the stairs. I cannot be Because it's, it's so much easier to get anywhere else that's more comfortable. Right. Because, <laughs> you up, can literally go upstairs or downstairs. <laughs> and it's more comfortable than on fucking stairs. Anywhere... Any Anywhere else in the bath, the bathroom would have been more yeah, anywhere. Where you are. No one has sex on the stairs, no. Hollywood. Stop fucking no. doing that. Oh no. man. So because uh, that takes you out of the movie, like no bullshit. Then also, I'm not like, having sex with cake all over my face. And, and so she's like, "Tell me, Jack." He says, "Ooh, baby, you make me so hot." She's like, <laughs> "Wrong." He says, like, "You're a bad girl." Uh, makes me so hot. And she's like, "Oh, way to break the mood." And she's bouncing. And he's like, "What?" You, you make me hot. That's just true. And she's like, not what I want to hear. And then he finds... Like, I didn't know there was a secret password. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Ask me true false. I'm good at true false. Open sesame. <laughs> so she goes to bed and he gets a drink and finds some home movies. And he watches one of a birthday party where he sings her... Welcome back to the podcast videotapes. La 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 la. I love you. In front of all la, of their la, friends. La, la, la. And Elaine says... Oh, I'd be embarrassed. Don't ever do that. <laughs> and then she cries goes, no, maybe it'd be okay. Like, And I'm like, no, you might walk away if I started singing. But I love public displays of affection. <laughs> Which is, a, it's, it's a conundrum. Because she's like, I want you to sing to me. So you start singing, I'm like, where are you going? I and then later, now. when they go out to the city for their anniversary dinner, and they dance, and nobody's dancing, I just, I changed. I said, this I would never do. Really? I'm not being the only people dancing to music in a restaurant. A never. Strangers could see me. I might I be okay with you that. singing to me in front of all of our friends and family, strangers but I don't want to dance in front of strangers. What if you're dancing with John Cena, and no one can see you? I would rather well, would dance in a restaurant. <laughs> then I'd be dancing be by like myself, a, even worse. It'd be like in Fright Night when she dances in a mirror. <laughs> I would rather dance in a restaurant than have Tony sing to me in front of everyone. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't enough McKellen for. Uh, well, there probably is enough. McKellen. I, <laughs> I thought you'd get so drunk you fell down our stairs before. Uh, I wasn't because I was drunk. 
Uh, that's not true. That, that never <laughs> happened. But I think we're going to get a collection together and see if we can get you drunk. I was saying I was going to have karaoke at our wedding. Oh, really? Oh. For, I'd sing. for DJ. I'd sing. John's going to karaoke. Ian Lang, not, I don't have the best We were going to do, Elaine and I are going to do what? We're going to do Islands in the Stream. Nice. Are we? Yeah. Okay. So you should probably learn that, Dolly. Okay. Oh, she's doing right. the Dolly part? Yeah. No. So <laughs> At then, first, I was going to do Dolly, she was going to do Kenny, but we decided to go with Well, we both had to fight over Dolly. I hear you. Who doesn't she's want to be Dolly? Then we have another morning, and the alarm goes off. He goes, and we see that he has settled in. He does the baby bottle, he makes the coffee, he comes back in the bedroom, and she's awake. She's very excited. She has a present for him. Happy anniversary. Oops. Which and, I think he should... Well, no, never mind. I was wrong. And it is a knockoff version of the suit he really wanted to he buy. He says, She's in so forest! Oh, oh yeah. Forest it's green. green. <laughs> it's like crushed green. I'm like... I looked over at Lana said, don't ever do that. <laughs> might be okay in a suit jacket. No. A sport coat? No. Don't. Might be. Might be. And he is... You if know it what? was an emerald green like velvet, like that purple this one. This guy is mm-hmm. a... Multi-millionaire, able to think on his feet, and couldn't think to say, "No, no, I have your present all planned out for later, <laughs> anticipated all day long, and fucking thought something up." No, he's oh, I didn't get you anything. No, nobody but, would ever do that. They they would yeah. so he set li- something he up. He literally makes billion dollar deals. Yeah, and yeah. he couldn't think on his feet fast enough to say, "I have something else planned for later." Apparently, this guy normally cannot wait to give her her present. And he always does something for their anniversary, and he tells her he forgot. Because he's a fucking idiot. And then he goes... There has to be conflict in the movie. Right, there has to be some third act conflict. And to be fair... In real life, he would just lie and say, I have something planned for you. Well, show it to me now. And there's nothing nothing you can do about it. It's planned for later. And then he'd come up with something, and Mm -hmm. then he would do it, and then later he might tell her if he was feeling guilty. Right. Like, now that we've had a great night, (laughs) let me explain that this is happy on the fly. Well, he goes and makes uh, chocolate milk for Annie, and they brainstorm. No, no, she, She's like, she I'm does... sorry, I should have told you, because she knows. <laughs> he's not real. No, wait a minute. He she does... thinks he's an alien. Yeah, 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 <laughs> he does chocolate with a little milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is really dark chocolate milk. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. <laughs> My sister used to make it that dark. She'd take like a tablespoon and like put a few, like you put sugar in your coffee. Like that. <laughs> I put sugar in my coffee. By the pound? <laughs> so You put a lot of sugar in your coffee. He's like, it's hurtful. I'm gonna you put go a lot to... of sugar in your coffee. It's hurtful. You're sweet enough, baby. You don't need any more sugar. It Just because you think it's funny doesn't mean it's not hurtful. How is it hurtful? Because I told you it's hurtful. But you put a lot of sugar in your coffee. But it's not it a hurtful hurts thing, me. but it's a fact. It hurts me when you say that. But As if I can have some uncontrolled urge of sugar. No, you should like I just Like, like I'm the fucking bug in the egger suit. Ooh. <laughs> Right. So More. he's like, maybe I'll just get some jewelry at the More. mall. And she's like, I mean, that would have been fine before, but now you forgot. Or now you didn't know. So you got to do something better than that. And he's like, does he ever take her to the city? And she's like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to a fancy French restaurant that he presumably has right. been to lots yeah. of times. Like, he knows the he lay knows of the exactly land. exactly what to order. It doesn't look like he was reading anything off the menu, and he was just going. Yeah. And he tries to order a, an $800 bottle of wine, and she's like, I mean, this is nice and all, but no. That's a little, <laughs> so much. <sighs> and then he takes her, they dance, and then he takes her to a hotel in the city. He spent a lot of money on this night. <laughs> 
It's fine. It's your anniversary. Yeah. But then he realizes he's that he has never stopped loving her. And now they bone. <laughs> they bone. Yeah. <laughs> anniversary bone. But at dinner, I skipped this whole part. He talks to her about how he used to be so sure about everything. And then he woke up one day and it was all different. Not necessarily worse, but different. And he doesn't have it all figured out. And he's not sure of himself anymore. And she's like, I'm not either. Sometimes I wonder what my life would have been like if I hadn't married you. But then I realize that takes away all the stuff I'm certain about. You and the kids and the good stuff. So, anyways. So now we see that he has definitely settled into his new life slash glimpse. He goes to work on Valentine's Day. Who should drive up with the flat? His old boss. Peter Lassiter. Peter Lassiter. <laughs> I've seen this a couple times. He takes him into his office and talks to him about the $122 billion deal and how he thinks they could have gotten $130 billion. <laughs> I like how Peter's like, great, when can you get my tires? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, tire salesman. It's so. like, and you know, if you were the that Peter Laster in, in charge of this Wall Street thing, some guy who's selling tires who watches CNBC, it's like, yeah, I don't want to hear your opinion. <laughs> I mean, you might you might indulge him if you were very bored, just to go, okay, go ahead, tell me tell me uh, tire sales and what you got, you know. But ninety nine percent of the time, you, you'd be on the phone with somebody else, you know. But I'm guessing in the room, you could probably hit him with some really detailed things. Yeah. Because he did that I would deal. Hope so. Yeah. That might woo him. Yeah. Well, it kind of does, because yeah. he's like, hey, when my tire's ready, why don't you bring my car to the city? Here's my card. Bring it to my office and come up and we'll have a chat. So he does, and he meets Alan. And first of all, he wears that suit. That Which is probably there. the only suit he owns. <laughs> really, all men should have at least one good suit. <laughs> he's probably has one maybe he was married in, but it doesn't fit anymore. Why do you have to look at Tony when you said that, too? <laughs> You made, like, eye contact, like, bitch, notice. buy a suit. Sorry. You should have a suit. Tony I had one, but it's, it's all fucked up now, I think. Yeah, so you gotta have one suit on the ready mm. at all times. Tony does not. Or <laughs> 20. Either, <laughs> either, sometimes you like options. If I hear, how many black suits do you own? Four. I have never said that to you. I've heard that I before. have never complained about the amount of suits or shoes No, it you wasn't own. you. I love you. And you love clothes. <laughs> and I love that about you. Even like though sometimes stuff. you look nicer than I do. <laughs> but it's true. okay. You're wearing a very festive Christmas dress. I'm I am, sweater. because they won't let me wear this stuff to work anymore. Really? Fuck you, dress code. They won't yeah. let you wear Christmas You don't stuff? remember? It was on an episode. We talked about how now they have to wear black and jeans. And that's friends, it. <laughs> if you, friends, if you can answer back at one of us and tell us what episode that was... We're going to send you a free gift. It's probably sometime in March. I don't know what we're going to send you, but we will send you something. Tony's got a sticker somewhere. <laughs> yeah, That's our first giveaway. <laughs> what so, episode did Elaine start ranting about the new work dress code? Rant about her dress code and we will but send you a But when I got dressed prize. today, I decided I'm not wearing jeans. I'm going to wear a dress because I never get to wear my dresses anymore. And I'm going to wear a Christmas dress because I don't get to wear them to work anymore. That sucks. I am think I am going to wear my Christmas hat to work. Although, with the mask and the hat, it might be really sweaty, but yeah. I kind of still want to be you know that, festive. The part of the bottom where it's all white and fluffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be sweat dripped. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. No style. No style. Do you have festive earrings? Yes. <laughs> I've been wearing these. Oh, yeah, I saw those. Last time I was here, I remember. I have festive oh, hair yeah. ties, too. I have green ones that have jingle bells on them. I need that because the giant mirror that I bought her. That's under the tree. I need to put a bow on it, and that will work. <laughs> I'm just going to put one, uh, one earring, stick it in the box. It's a bow, isn't it? 
Okay. So when he goes, he meets Alan. They talk business. And he's like, they're basically Alan's asked him all these questions about the tire business, how much they do in sales, mm-hmm. all how they're. Alan's projected. being a jerk face. He's not really being a jerk face. He's he's trying to get a uh, point across to him where I understand that you have interest in this, but what qualifications do you actually have to have this job? I'm actually on Alan's side on this. Uh, I'm not not on Alan's side, but he is being a jerk face. I don't think he's being a jerk at all. He's like, look, I know what you're thinking. I know. Why would I have any knowledge or experience that can help you when I work in the tire business? And he doesn't. He's like, I, but it's all about people, and I know people. He's not wrong about that either. And then he tells them, he reads them. <laughs> he, he, he cheats. Reads yeah. them. He cheats. <laughs> And he basically tells them all about himself. He did themselves. the mentalist psychic trick. Yeah. Like, he's like, let me tell you all about you. Meanwhile, I already know all about you. Yes. So he's like, look, I also know that I want this job. I'm 100% sure that I can do it, and I will do whatever it takes. And presumably, he gets the job. Well, he gets the job. Because <laughs> then he takes Kate to see an apartment, a very large apartment in the city. And she's like, did you rent this for the weekend? <laughs> he says, think bigger. The month? <laughs> and he's like it's a perk and she's like of what it comes with my new job now here's my thing like she would know as his wife this has been his dream forever he had to stop to help the family and do the whole thing how could she not be supportive of this I had the same thing because at no point is she surprised or happy for him that he has this job. She's all right. like, well, hold on. And she just throws all this negative stuff out. Yeah. Like, not even indulging. You know she what I mean? She goes right like to the second. stroke where the wife will never let you do anything, yeah. never let you buy I anything. <laughs> she says you can't do this. Yes. But I don't read that as she's not supportive. And, in fact, she does come around and is very supportive of this. Not in the beginning. She, in never, the beginning. she doesn't say like anything. Two, like, in the next scene. Mm-hmm. But... This is I this broke. is a huge deal, though. It's not just you get a new job and it's a minor inconvenience. This is you want to move. Yeah. You want to quit your job. Yeah. You want to pull our kids out I'm of school. Have to find you want a to new move. Job. I'm gonna have to fight. Like and this, he's been acting really weird for months. He's been being and strange. He says, and now all of a sudden he he's dropping this new job bomb on her. And she's been very she understanding. Didn't even know he was for a new job. Yeah. She's been very <laughs> no understanding. Either. No, but she's been very understanding. She's been accepting his apologies. And she's, getting him funnel cake. That's the big thing. Been, Don't ever sleep on the funnel she's cake. She's been trying to make this work even though he's been super erratic and a dickwad. A and dickwad, now, he's been, well, yeah, he's freaking And out. now he drops <laughs> his bomb on her and she freaks out. I think it's justifiable. I, and I, she does come around within 24 hours and is fucking supportive. I think it's. I think it's. It's with me. It's more of a. There's two things. I think she's be, she's becoming supportive as more of a. Um, she's compromising or kind of letting him have it. She's never excited about it. No, but, but, she doesn't have to be. Well, I don't know. I think so because I think there. Sh- I, I think there should be some level. If I if I went to Carly, go, hey, Carly, I hung out with this dude today. Now I'm. Um, I don't know. A I'm writer. A fucking TV show. What's a big TV show? Now you got. Now um, I just sold the screenplay. I'm a writer to, on. I'm gonna be the. the I'm in the writers' room for fucking SNL. the next season of Dexter. <laughs> you know, so we have to move to LA, and I'm gonna make five hundred thousand dollars a year now. And you're like, well, hold on, because I not not any like, wait, what happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> holy shit, that's amazing. 
And then, uh, well, hold on. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot to this. There's no, you know. But he didn't come at her with the weird story of how it happened. He just said, hey, we live here now. (laughs) He didn't say, this crazy thing happened to me at work. Wait until you hear it and tell her the story. This guy, and I got this job. and He should have told her that the day that he came. The day that the flat tire happened, before he ever even went to the office. Like, oh my God, Peter Lasseter came to the shop today. And he wants to talk to me. she would go, who the hell is that? He went to there. He dropped off that car this morning, got hired, got this perk, went home, dragged her back, and dropped this bomb on her. <laughs> and where are the kids? Presumably with her mother, which no, won't be No, they would have brought the anymore. kids with them. They're driving from New Jersey to the city. I don't know where in New Jersey they live, but no. they, you'd take the kids. He probably would have said to his, to, he would have called Big Ed and was like, I need you to keep take the kids. I got to show this thing to Kate. It's super important to me. You got to do this for me. By the way, I quit. My old bird dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I guess maybe that's a difference between how we read what's happening in this movie, but hmm. I just think I it, think if he had said something to her the day the flat tire happened, because we know it takes a couple days for them to special order that tire. He was like, I I got to talk about socks with this guy and and the merger and deals and and it's really making me I feel like the, I want to go back but into this. But I see this. with him, he's he it's it, it's the way they're doing it is he's selfish and self-centered about it so he doesn't tell her he's so excited he doesn't care what she thinks or doesn't care about that life arguably so because this isn't his life Mm -hmm. and he's just like fuck it i got my shit back i can make this life work with that and merge them together Mm -hmm. but i just wish they would have been had a second where she's like oh that's fucking crazy that you just got this fucking billion dollar job or whatever and then we could break all all the pieces says, i'll be making twice what i do now and we know he's not doing bad for himself, but I'll be making twice what I do now. So now we can put the kids in the best private schools in the country, well, and we can live the be, life that, that we dream a, of. Exaggeration. If you yeah. found out tomorrow that you could get a job in LA making twice what you do now, that's not enough. The other thing is, she's been. He's constantly rejecting the things that are important to him, to her, to her. and their life. I've been married to this man for 13 years. For the last, I don't know, five, six, ten years, we're making decisions together. We are looking at the same. We've been making these choices. And I think that the that our children are more important than where we work. I think where we live is more important than what you do. I my like the family has become the most important thing to both of them. And now this guy keeps rejecting his family over and over. And she's watching him just reject their life and tell her how much it sucks over and (laughs) over and over. And now he drops this job bomb on her. Guess what? We don't have to live this life that sucks anymore. And this is the life (laughs) that she loves. (laughs) And I hate. It's true. But also, also remember, this isn't real. No. And it's it's never going to be real. And even at the end, it's not real. (laughs) Because no, no, the, it couldn't never happen. Well, no, he doesn't get to ever become the, the dad. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Then you could believe in magic. Um, wait, no, you should believe in ghosts. I saw I have a picture so you would, so you admit that that woman was not a ghost. It's not a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> could be a ghost. She so, just lawyered you. She trapped him. She did. Uh, anyway. So then he goes home, and, or he says, "We could have the life that people envy," and she's like, "People already do envy us." Yeah. And then later he finds a plane ticket. He did go to London in this timeline, but he came back the very next day. And she sees him and she says, when you left, I thought I was never going to see you again. And then you showed up the next day. And then you banged me on and I got pregnant and trapped you. 
I mean, daughter wait, is I mean, not what? 13 years old. What <laughs> no. And then you bang me No, because I lived in the city for a while. I know. I'm in Greenwich cool. Village. The daughter's only like five. I don't know. They were obviously No, they lived in Greenwich Village for a while. and then... I know, but the daughter, they it seems like they've lived in the suburbs for a while. But the, they've only been married 13 years. And the daughter can't be more than, what, six Five, Whatever, six? she's it's still a long time. But she's like, maybe it was naive, but I thought we would grow old in this house. And I thought our grandchildren would come see us in this house. And I thought that this is the house where we were going to live for the rest of our yeah. lives. But if you need to do this job in the city, then we'll do it. Yeah, We'll give up the house. We'll move to the city. And... Uh, and then he, she, I guess she goes to bed. Because <laughs> the next time we see him, she wakes up and she hears outside that Jack and Annie are playing in the yard. And Annie's like, I knew you'd come back, Daddy. She thinks her daddy has returned. Aww. And uh, then he goes to the store to get some rock salt. And Cash is the cashier. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm happy with my life. You can't take it away. <laughs> he said, I just got comfortable. Actually. The thing I like about this scene is the girl buys something. and uh, he She get, buys a Diet Coke. A Diet Coke. For 99 cents. And yeah. he gives... and She gives him a dollar. And he says, out of 10, and gives her back... Nine dollars. And change. one cent. But he waits to, no to, see if she, to see if she gives it back. And then when she doesn't, he writes something in a little notebook. <laughs> for character. He's keeping track. Yeah. Character. He's keeping for nine track. bucks. For nine I like bucks. the head. I like, the, but that just that little bit where he just writes. Well, that's his job. Yeah. I, well, we don't exactly know what his job is. He's the glimpse man. Yes, the but, glimpse man. But it's like <laughs> but better, he does, better name for the man. Originally, he says to Jack, "When you stepped in at the convenience store, that was impressive to all the upper levels of the organization." Yeah. But yeah, we don't know what the fuck. It, we don't know exactly like what it is. This guy but goes around and it's like, "Hey, you always wanted to have this in your life." Boom. Now it's like it's the wonderful life. But it's just he's I, Clarence. I I've never seen that movie, so I don't know who Clarence is. I know Clarence is an angel. But anyways, I, I just like the fact that there's this little notebook where he's keeping track of. The, it could be Santa. That so could be a naughty or nice list. Wait a minute. So then you don't get the joke in Spawn where um, John Leguizamo says every time a demon farts, an angel gets his wings, and he goes, "Ooh, twins." You don't get that? I get that joke because I've heard that line a bajillion times. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That's because it's one of those things that people say all the fucking time. But I don't have to watch that movie to know that. Well, that's pretty much the entire movie. <laughs> but he's like, I'm not going back. I'm happy here. I have kids. I'm staying. And Cash is like, look. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> are not permanent. <laughs> like, I have kids. No, you don't. No, it's... they're not real. So Jack goes home and he basically says... Goodbye to the kids as they sleep. And then he goes and makes Kate promise to remember him just as he is right now. And she's like, are you okay? Like, did you get diagnosed with cancer today or something? <laughs> and he's like, just promise. And then he walks the dog and maybe lets it go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a second we were like, what's going on? He just let the dog go. But... Dog doesn't exist. Yeah, I know. Well, we don't know. He does the Groundhog Day thing where if I stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, then he tries to stay up all night but can't. He falls asleep in a chair and wakes up back in his New York City apartment on Christmas morning. And uh, the lady he slept with on uh, the day before Christmas Eve... From Hitch. ...comes over and is like, Merry Christmas, opens her coat, and she has slipped into some lingerie. And he's, he, like, runs out past her. This girl... He's like, it's not Christmas. She's like, it could be whatever day you want. <laughs> but he, like, runs past her, right? She... 
had told him that she had to go to her parents or whatever in, in jersey. jersey yeah she took a train back in that outfit for from him. jersey for him and he just blows her off that chick is pissed <laughs> she catch the, the cage but he did leave his door open so i mean <laughs> what's she gonna do go over there and steal his groceries and be like, i'm at least gonna pee in his bathroom <laughs> she went and took all of his left shoes <laughs> you evil bitch i might borrow a sweater yeah that's fine if she goes in and steals some sweats i'll allow it like where are those sweats that man doesn't have sweats. That man's got... He's got cashmere <laughs> joggers. What's surprising is what he's wearing for the rest of the movie, which is jeans and a t-shirt yeah. and a coat that were not part of his wardrobe. <laughs> I mean, maybe somewhere. I mean, This was Glimpse wardrobe. <laughs> I mean, that's probably like a $500 t-shirt. Like, it's, it's funny. If you look at really rich people, you're like, oh, they're just wearing jeans and a t-shirt. No, they're not. Those jeans were all, fitted for them. Yeah, first of all, those are custom made. Did you see that meme going around of Adam Sandler? Oh, yeah, where is he? says, Adam Sandler's worth $300 million. And this he, is him with jeans, a t-shirt on, eating a jar of pickles in the street. He <laughs> <laughs> just walk around eating a jar of pickles. <laughs> because he's got $600 million, and those are probably like $1,000 yeah. sweats. But he, uh, he drives he his Ferrari out to the house in New Jersey. There's no more well, Kmart. There's no more Kmart. Yeah, so. <laughs> so definitely not. There's one, he owns it. Yeah. There's one, he owns yeah. it. He stops it with Armani, Armani jeans. Yeah. Yeah. He took the... Cashier's hostage in his basement. Yep. So he sounds about right. He goes to the house and he knocks on the door and Kate doesn't live there. Of course no. she doesn't live there. Why would Kate live there? Like he's just being irrational now. <laughs> on the drive back, he gets a phone call. He's late to the Christmas emergency strategy meeting. And he's like, All right, I'll be there. He's thirty minutes late and he's gonna be there in twenty minutes late. Twenty minutes later. Like, Holy he's, shit. He's, he's driving from there. New Jersey, but it's Christmas Day, there shouldn't be too much traffic. Yeah. So he goes in and everybody is freaking out, but then they see him in jeans and a t-shirt and they're like, what? Are you okay? <laughs> I mean, you they should be Sandler? concerned that he's suicidal based on how this meeting goes. <laughs> and apparently the guy that they're making this deal with has been secretly talking to another company about a different deal that might be better for him. And what are they going to do? And he's like, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to find out what that secret company is. And I'm going to fly to Aspen. And I'm going to talk to this guy and I'm going to convince him that that company is the devil and we are the way to go. And then I'm going to ski by myself for four hours, completely alone, utterly alone, because my life is that I live alone. <laughs> Which, uh, and like, there's nothing I can do to change that. He was happy that. about it a minute ago. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's the thing about this is like, he wasn't unhappy with his I life. know. <laughs> I got, I got thoughts. I'm, I'm pulling the line in the lane on this one. <laughs> In the car, he decides not to go home and get ready for Aspen. He calls information to get Kate's address and goes there instead. And it is amazing that there's one Kate, Kate Reynolds. Reynolds <laughs> of New York City. Very un unlikely name. And turns out she's moving to Paris today. Of course. Because <laughs> everybody him, moves on Christmas Day. She called him because she found a box of his stuff in like her closet. And she was going to give it to him. Because earlier in the movie, he had gotten a letter, from, a note from him. A message, yeah. Saying, hey, Kate Reynolds is trying to get in contact with you. And he's like, Kate Reynolds, why would my ex-girlfriend want to yeah. contact me? And she probably wouldn't. She'd just throw his shit away. Right. <laughs> it's What's been 13 it? years. What the, what like, oh, hey, look, I found some shit from, from this girl I dated in college. Obviously didn't need it. <laughs> so this, he's this like, is abandoned property. I'm throwing it away. He's like, can we get a cup of coffee? And she's like, I tell you what, if you are ever in Paris, look me up and we'll get that cup of coffee. And uh, so he leaves. and He overhears when her flight is. Yeah. Flying out at 7. He goes through the box. And then he runs to the airport to stop Kate. And he's like, stop. And she's like, 
No. Why are you here? <laughs> and he's like, just one cup of coffee, please, I beg you. And this was the last year you could do that, because right after this, TSA was formed. Yeah. That's true. Um, and they've and been stopping people with like, mouthwash for do years. Do you need closure? Because, I mean, I was heartbroken 13 years ago, but then I got over it. So, you got your yeah. closure. It's cool. I'm going to Paris. And then he's like, we have a house in Jersey. <laughs> we have two kids. So, the house is a mess, but it's ours. I mean, after 300 more payments, it's going to be ours. <laughs> <laughs> I sell tires and you work for a non-profit. You're a non-profit lawyer. But we're and, happy and we're so in love. And he's like, maybe it was just a dream that I had because I was lonely, but it was the most real thing I've ever seen. And this poor woman who has done nothing but say, hey, I found a box of shit, come get it. <laughs> yeah. And now being terrorized the airport and told this story. She's <laughs> getting on that plane. I guarantee it. And She's, I thought it was interesting because... Keep him away from me. I'm going. He says, I'm the wealthiest man in the building where he lives. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he just say... Have coffee with me. I'll charter a flight for you to Paris tomorrow. Like, <laughs> why don't I? Yeah. Why don't I charter a plane? Why don't, and have coffee why don't I charter a flight that we can fly there together? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk on the way. We'll talk on the way. It's 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 a it's a hike from North New York to Paris. From New York to Paris is probably weird, like six hours. It's a weird billionaire romance where he does not flex his money. <laughs> yeah. True facts. Strange. <laughs> Gotta put that together before. Like Jeff, Jeff Bezos definitely would be like, I have a plane. Yeah. So, uh. You can pick the color. So then, but she agrees to have coffee. This moves her enough and she agrees to have coffee. And so then she, she misses her do. flight. And the movie's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the sure. end. All right, John, you wanted to keep talking. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. I mean, the movie's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, my favorite character is Arnie. Because everybody needs a good guy to look out for you. Because if you're going to make dumbass decisions, look out for keeping Ari in your life. Um, my least favorite character, I don't really have one. Really? I guess I'll go with Evelyn, the <laughs> the, the, the temptress. The, the whore of Babylon. <laughs> hey. I was thinking about Nice. <laughs> I, think I didn't know her name. I just wrote the temptress. <laughs> That's hilarious. I kind of feel like if she was real... The reason why she was attracted to him was the way he is with his wife, and like she's jealous of their yeah. relationship. But if he cheats on her, then that's ruined. Like, <laughs> well, that's that's a lot of. You're not even gonna think he's attracted. That's what a lot of she wants the illusion. She wants to be Kate. She yeah. doesn't really want Jack. She wants to be she Kate. Wants, she yeah. wants to be loved the way that Kate is loved. Yeah. yeah. So she thinks by having him, but that ruins all. But that ruins yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So that, anyways, keep all right. So yeah. the grass is always greener, people. Mm. <laughs> um, my favorite scene. Is when he first wakes up, that whole thing, and he's freaking out, and he runs into Don Cheadle in the car, all the way from when he first wakes up to that scene. Mm-hmm. That whole thing. Um, my favorite line. I sent it to you in a text. I Thank you. I said, <laughs> shit, how do I remember this now? I airdropped it to you. Elaine airdropped it to me. Stand by for a second while I, while I grab it here. My God, you text me a lot. I love you. <laughs> how many... Texts from the last three hours are there, though. <laughs> oh, you watched this yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> here we go. It is, a little flirtation is harmless, but you're dealing with fire here. The Fidelity Bank and Trust is a tough creditor. You make a deposit somewhere else and they close your account. Forever! <laughs> That's a great line. That is pretty good. And my favorite tertiary object is not the tape. It's the <gasps> closet. What? His closet in the beginning, I'm like, I want that. And I will yay this movie 
It's good. It's fun. It's ridiculous. A lot of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like, But it's a why? Christmas movie, so there's going to be some magic. Like, and he bottles. should have been upset with his life in order to get the glimpse. But yeah. they, he was fine. And at the end, he, they fucked him all up. <laughs> and so at the end of the movie, they don't finish that $130 billion deal. She doesn't go and get her high-powered jobs. So what they're saying is, fuck all that shit. Go have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the, they drop the ball at the end there, but the entire ride up until right then is great. So you should watch it. It's much better than A Wonderful Life. All right. Tony, thoughts? Mm, He's see. got him. Favorite character, Jack. Least favorite character is the temptress. Evelyn. <laughs> My favorite scene is uh, when he basically when he wakes up to his real life at the end and starts going around. Tony goes, "He's back! Yay!" He's <laughs> <laughs> not a hellish life anymore. My favorite line is Tony doesn't want kids. I really like Annie, and she, and she says, "Good, Jack. Maybe we'll keep her." <laughs> and my favorite Trisha object was his uh, bachelor pad, partner, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never down to the closet. Tony wants the whole house. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my problem is with this movie is exact is partly exactly what John said. They could have easily had a moment with him in the beginning, alone on Christmas, calling up his hottie girlfriends, hookers, whatever they are, and he he's can't do anybody. Yeah. So he has to eat Chinese food by himself and watch TV or something, and he's alone and he drinks. You know, they could have easily done that in five seconds, and it would have been bam. You know, his life sucks. His life's fine. He's fine. And then they he sees this glimpse of what could have been, kind of, but it doesn't work out that way, timeline-wise. And at the end, he goes for this girl, and it's like, that's cool. You're not going to have that daughter and that son, unless we're still doing magic, because that's not how that works. And then you're not going to have the same life with her, because you're not a tire salesman, and you're not going to live in yeah. a suburb of New Jersey. You're fast-forwarding you're, a whole bunch yeah, of life. Yeah, and so it's... It's, I don't know. I don't like that. I, 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 maybe the movie, it's fine. But I don't like... I wish it could have... They could have cleaned this up a bit and made it a lot more... It's, it's kind of like the timer thing. It's like, this doesn't work. You know what I mean? Because, By the way, yeah, he's fired at the end of this movie. Yeah. But, I mean, you easily could have had, him, had it work out a little bit better. You know? I don't like that. Because they, essentially they lie to him. They're like, hey, you could have this life. And he's like, okay, well, fuck, I'm, I'm going to go get this life. No, you're not. Because that's not the life you're going to end up with. You may have something better. I don't know. So the whole time they said it to like Don Cheadle's working for God, but he's really working for the devil. Yeah, I thought about that too. Because like, this is some Lucifer I shit. Have that, completely different. And she's, and she's not even her. Like Don Cheadle's fucking with him bad. Yeah, she's that's not, true. She's, she's not, not even her. her. She's not. Tell her could be fucking drowning kittens on the weekend here. Mm-hmm. That could be what she did after he left her. It really damaged her psyche. Yeah, he she loves could be the goddamn Joker. He loves this woman that. Uh, takes care of his kids and does pro bono work and stuff like that. That's not who this chick is. No. He's moving to Paris to become a super lawyer. This chick might not even like chocolate cake. Whoa. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. Who's to say? Well, let's be fair. She, she might not <laughs> even masturbate in the shower. Whoa. No, she was dancing. <laughs> oh, that's what I meant. Is that what she was doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and let's be fair. Let's not go off the rails too much. Either she way. She likes chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, right. that's it. <laughs> and I do agree this is better than It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Same kind of premise, but this is done better. It gets to it faster, and it's more enjoyable. Wonderful life drags on for a long time. <laughs> All right, Elaine. It's like two and a half hours long. Okay. Thoughts. It's like eight hours. My favorite character is Kate. My least favorite character is Evelyn the Temptress. Hey, the whore of Babylon, we call her. <laughs> My favorite scene is when Annie thinks he's an alien. 
Mm-hmm. I love when she like oh, gets on the brains. chair and it's like touching his face and it's like they did a really good job. You look just like my dad. <laughs> and how she decides she's going to help him if he promises not to like steal her and her brother. No, really eat their brains. <laughs> yes. Welcome uh, to Earth. Welcome my favorite Earth. line is if you need this, Jack, if you really need this, I will take these kids from the life they love and I'll take myself from the only home we've ever shared together and I'll move wherever you need to go. I'll do that because I love you. I love you and that's more important to me than our address. I choose you. Um, and Pikachu. And my favorite tertiary object is the neighbor's fur coat. Um, <laughs> right in the beginning. The thing that I like the most about this movie is that he tells, he gets the glimpse, not because there's anything wrong with his life. He says, my life is perfect. But he insults the angel Cash, or the devil, either way. And he's like, oh, you think your life is perfect? Well, I'm going to show you something different. And he stays in the glimpse until he thinks that life is perfect. It's a change of perspective and a way of looking at his life. And he realizes that this other life could also be perfect. That there's things from his, that his real life with all this money, he's lonely, he doesn't have a family, and there's more out there than this. It's not that there's anything wrong with his old life. And it's not like this life in Jersey is so perfect, because it's not. And a lot of people don't want that life either. <laughs> but it's... Jersey. No. But it's Nothing just wrong that there's more, that there's always something out there that could make you happier. And he realizes that after all this time, this woman that he used to love was probably the love of his life. And he misses her and he loves her. And he starts to wonder what maybe my life is kind of empty. Maybe I do want more than just my money. She's his lobster. And (laughs) And it's heartbreaking that when he finally accepts that he likes this life, that he has to leave it. That's... It's That's horrible. why Don Cheadle's the devil. He's fucking yep. with him. And he's Fuck cruel. That. And now he's torturing him for the rest of eternity. Yeah. And it's chasing something that he's chasing the dragon. You might as well give this that man is heroin. More, this is less a Christmas movie to me and more a romance trope. It's a romance movie, which always has a happily ever after in the end. That's what makes something a romance as opposed to just a fiction. Then we we tell me this. We should have gotten an epilogue. Of them seven yes, years Yes, the of them together at the birth of their first yeah. child or whatever. Mm-hmm. I so, would have been happier with that. Well, most of these but, Christmas movies aren't really about Christmas. They're usually romantic comedies and around Christmas yeah. time. When you think about it, the speech that we opened with the speech at the airport and we kind of closed with the speech at the airport. Mm-hmm. Like this, our, you know, and I like that she stays and they had that cup of coffee. I would have preferred the total closure of the birth of their first child or them getting married or him moving to Paris with her. Because yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a job anymore. And we go, we could call her Annie. <laughs> but it would have been, even if their cup of coffee was on a cat was in a cafe in Paris, it mm-hmm. would have been better. And then but, Alfred could see him and go, oh, Mr. White. But it's, I like it. I like that he still, he finds out that he still, that this was maybe the love of his life. And I like that she begged him to stay before, and she takes this chance to stay and talk to him. Mm-hmm. I like that. It gives me closure. I think this is a good movie. I get it. I'll happily watch it in the future. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. My favorite character, also Kate. Mm. My least favorite character, also Evelyn Thompson. The Temptress. The Temptress, the temptress of whatever the street she of lives Babylon. on. Mm-hmm. The, the New Jersey Temptress. The Count of Monte Fisto. <laughs> 
Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa. That's no, that's a, that's a that's porn you watched. Stop no, that. That's the Apollo Creed. Creed's fighting. Monte Fisto? The Count of Monte Fisto. Wow. The King of Sting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Doesn't that sound like some terrible scary porn involving fisting? The Master of Disaster. I watch terrible porns with fisting in them. Let's go there. Let's not go there. I know, Trento. I'm not into that. <laughs> Jesus. I wouldn't know. Well, I mean, you've met me. Do I seem like somebody that's into fisting porn? I don't know. People are into weird Good stuff. Lord. Are they? What does something into fisting porn look like? I don't know. <laughs> but not this. Just like everybody else. <laughs> not this. My internet just sounded like a porn to me. Wow. And you think that Tony well, watches fisting porn? Apparently. Well, I don't know. My favorite Well, you just scene. got a new Christmas present. You're uh, turning what he got you. Oh, no shit. My favorite scene is Tuesday, December 26th, when it's his day to get the kids, and he does not know what to do. And then he goes to work, and he does not know yeah, what to do. very Mr. Mom vibes on that. Uh, my favorite tertiary object was the same. It was the apartment. <laughs> it's a good object. It's a nice, nice place. And my favorite so all line... Our, so everybody's... Sorry, I just cut you off. Everybody's first ter- favorite tertiary object happens in the first 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> I also have a backup tertiary object that also happens in the first 30 seconds of the movie. It's the snow. Oh. I almost went with the snow, too. That's nice. And my favorite line is, Snow's we'll get fun. a funnel cake. It'll be the highlight of my week. <laughs> I kind of want funnel cake. I kind of do, too. There's Probably. a place. There, where there's, there's a place down the street, actually. It's is not that right? far away. Um, Let's do that for dinner. <laughs> the problem is with the funnel cake, and maybe you guys differ with me. You can't. I can't eat it all. We can split a funnel cake, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. The whole funnel cakes are fucking. That's a lot, dude. That's, that's why. That's, I, a lot of that's why sometimes they're called elephant ears. Is it? Because no. they're the size of elephant ears. Yes. They're called zeppelin. Okay, uh, at the state fair where I grew up, they called them elephant ears. Well, I don't know why you because they were the because side of an elephant. Else than you did. Because you're arguing with me about what they might. I be thought called. elephant and, ears no, were. Like a flat pastry that was just really good. No, and the Zeppelin's no, funnel small. cake. Uh, so how many Zeppelins do you want? Let me get three or four. Instead of having a funnel better. cake. Funnel cakes are always, they're yeah. great, but they're still And that's why, yes. yes. why Zeppelin's the best, because you can get, like, let me get four or five. But then maybe, like little donuts. But then maybe you're meant to share uh, funnel Joey cake. doesn't share food. Right? All right. Funny, I'll also get <laughs> It was good. It's a little long. I think they could have. It was long. You didn't need to watch that wonderful life. Two to three minutes off of every scene. And then it would have been a cool, like, hour and a half. And that would have been here. fine. Okay. It was long. It's what? long. And it's kind of drawn out. Like, I didn't, every scene was just a little longer than it needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, the editor could have cut a second there, a second here. I'm saying minutes. <laughs> it would have been great in an hour and a half. We could have had an epilogue, and it would have been an hour and 35 minutes. I'd been I need, two I hours. Need, <laughs> I need the epilogue for some closure there. Um, they did leave it open ended for, uh, you know, Family Man 2, where she has a glimpse now. If we're being a high-powered lawyer in No, in she Paris. is a high-powered lawyer. Well, she has the same glimpse. Yeah. But the, everything's changed. I'd watch that movie. All right. So. No, you wouldn't. Anyways. Yes, I would. I would totally watch that movie because it would be awesome because I love seeing things from another point of view. But <laughs> Like when the, the thing Wicked came out, was it's the Wizard of Oz from the witch's point of view. It's like, I've got to see this. This is amazing because it's all about perspective. I feel like I don't think that's true. <laughs> You don't think that seeing the exact same story from a different perspective would be interesting? Where all of a sudden the villains are heroes, the heroes are villains. You didn't realize that growing up in the 80s where the, the Russians were commie evil bastards that were trying to kill you at all times, you didn't know you'd get in the same story in Russia, but you were the bad guy. 
Perspective is a motherfucker. I didn't know that, though. Perspective is a motherfucker. I really want to see the Taylor story. Let's do it. Stop right. making that same Hallmark movie where the girl goes back to her hometown and falls in love. Do this fucking movie. So people like that movie. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? There's a lot of options for that. The, the budget will be about the same because it's the same setup. Do this. Yeah, but this movie costs billions of dollars. <laughs> and we just don't have that kind of money anymore. <laughs> All right. right. Well, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. Also, Tia Leone and Nick Cage are 20 years older. So it'd be also, like their grandkids. I feel like if they were uh, yeah. right out of college at the beginning and 13 years later, they were a little old in yeah. this movie. <laughs> All right, fine. Recast the parts. What do you want I don't to know. Do? People my age are having babies now, so... But, uh, That's, yeah. All right, and yeah. you can email podcast at gmail.com and tune in next week. On the podcast for Lane's pick. So, even though science fiction fantasy is in my category, I've decided to do more of a comedy this Christmas. What? I am picking 1988's Funny Farm. With Chevy Chase. With Chevy Chase. And no one else who's notable. That's true. What's I'm trying to think of anybody else who's in that I movie. Know, I'm like, like nope. Shit, you're right. <laughs> The dude oh. from Coach. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a bunch of but character actors. Yeah, 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 there's a bunch of characters. There's quite a few character actors, but nobody who's a big name. Even the woman that plays his wife is not that big of a name. I don't remember her being in anything else. No, I mean, She's an urban cowboy. Oh, that's With right. John Travolta? Yes. That's right, she is. Because I remember her question. Pass them by. <laughs> Delphonics. There were some truly terrible yeah. Christmas songs during the credits of this movie, and I was not going to pick one of them. Tony was yeah, like, this song is try. so bad, I want you to turn it off. But some of the songs in the movie were good. Yeah. It's just this, the one at the end, I was like, what is this? You know we need There this. was one that sounded like it was by Seal. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. It was Seal. Oh, that's Seal. what it was. Because yeah. I said, oh, is this Seal? I haven't heard him in And forever. I said, welcome back to the podcast, a closing song by Seal. Well, the other thing was there's a bunch of scenes where he's walking into business and it's like, and I'm like, is this Tim Burton? <laughs> and all of a sudden, and then she looked it up and it was. It was Danny Elfman did some of the songs in it. Yes. And I was he, like, he that's weird. Music. Yeah. I mean, you like Seal, but that's weird. It's like, yeah, Seal, Kiss yeah. from a Rose was 97. This was yeah. three years later. I mean, it was, it was right smack in the blue. You know, it's, <laughs> and it's hard to find a Christmas song, you know. I mean, there, yeah, there, they, there are none. <laughs> this is before All I Want for Christmas is You. Was, all right. There you go.